Tewkesbury Water Stories, The River Maids. Written by Ingrid Jones. Read by Julie Field. Hilary Bowman. Jan Millett. Carrie Sermon. Helen Carver. And Ingrid Jones. Recorded and sound designed by Lawrence Nelson at Yellow Sharp Studios. This project was a collaboration between the University of the West of England, Actor Community Theatre Bristol and the Roses Theatre Tewkesbury. Funded by the University of the West of England. I am the Avon. I rise. On the southeastern slope of the Cotswolds. I flow south, heading to Somerset. Through villages and towns. Through Evesham. To Tewkesbury. I am the Severn. I rise. On the northeastern slopes of Plinlimon in Wales. I flow southward, heading to the Atlantic Ocean. Through villages and towns. Through Worcester. To Tewkesbury. Where we meet. The River Maids. To stitch our stories into the community tapestry. Oh, it's good to see so many of us are here tonight. Yes, sewing our stories into the tapestry. We know how to do things here in Tewkesbury. Certainly do. Best medieval fair. Best pub choir. Best am dram. Even the best floods. Yep, don't do things by half here, but we are good at pulling together. Certainly are. A real community. Which is getting bigger. Growing all the time. So much development. Oh, yeah. That's what's causing many of the problems. The increasing floods, the pollution. The land can't cope with the demands being put upon it. They're building so many houses, they're not thinking about community anymore or the impact on the wildlife. That's why we made a stand. You did? 300 of us made objections at the inquiry for the new development in Twinning. I stood up and spoke my piece. What did you say? One of the things that wasn't being addressed was the importance of the network of hedgerows and trees that provide natural habitat for our wildlife and how the development would break its continuity. Did they listen? Yes. Now they cannot build on that land. The appeal has been squashed. Well done, you. Yes, thank you for your passion and commitment, but I feel Bishop's Cleave is a done deal. It's slowly creeping towards Tewkesbury. I feel very pessimistic about it. I'm resigned to it happening. And they keep building on the floodplain. I don't understand why people buy the houses. Surely they know. We thought they'd stay empty, but instead there are even more homes. I think it's sad they're building these enormous outlets off the A46. It's sucking the life out of Tewkesbury. It's not all doom and gloom. It has brought jobs to the area. When they built the bypass, I was pleased. I thought there would be less traffic around the Abbey. But I was naive. It was really just an excuse for more building. Ironically, we wouldn't have the nature reserve without the development. It was pieced together from all the bits they couldn't build on. It's a constantly changing and expanding town. But maybe it's losing its individuality. I look at the heritage, the architecture, the beautiful old buildings and wonder how they can evolve and to have a new life, like Healing's Mill. They harness water to grind the grain, brought life and work to the area, 
and now all laid to rest and vandalised, that whole environment, whole industry lost. I'm carefully showing the beams of the resilient medieval buildings that line our high street. They have withstood war, development and floods. The wooden beams are what I think of when I think of Tewkesbury. Oh, it's raining again. Ow, my finger. Oh, I don't want to drip blood onto the tapestry. Don't worry, it'll wash away. Water stories, rain, things being washed away. We need to sew in some of the flood stories. Tewkesbury is like a basin. The rain runs down the Welsh mountains and with the two rivers meeting here and Gloucester acting like a bottleneck, the basin fills. We all have our flood stories. It's becoming part of our heritage, but not everyone wants to talk about it. Some would rather forget. It's not surprising the flood of 2007 was traumatic for so many. In my case, I was one of the lucky ones. It was my last day of Year 10 and we were in Tewkesbury School Sports Hall trying to listen to the headmaster's end-of-year speech over the sound of the thundering rain on the roof. It was the day the last Harry Potter book was being released and I was desperate to leave to get the copy. I remember leaving the sports hall at the end of assembly and when the doors opened, everyone gasped and laughed at the water rushing past. Needless to say, none of us were laughing by the end of the day. As I lived in Twinning, I got the coach home and it turned out we were lucky to have made it back with the water rising as high as it did. I remember so vividly walking back up the road to my house and a friend of mine pointing and saying, look at your house. We had a front patio which was raised just above the pavement and when the water was gushing over the side of it. Thankfully, there was an additional step up to our porch. The water was just a centimetre or so from flooding under our front door. Mercifully, it didn't get any higher. We actually ended up escaping to my granddad's house in Coventry for a week while the chaos ensued in Tewkesbury, which we watched on the news. I actually remember feeling quite guilty. A lot of my friends didn't have the same luxury of being able to temporarily live elsewhere and had to deal with the shops being raided for bottled water and living without running water at home. We came home again when everything was back to working order in the village but the devastation stayed with a lot of people my age and their families for a long time. One girl in my tutor group at school had had to move into a caravan because the whole ground floor of her house had flooded. And another boy in my year ended up being featured in the newspapers just over a year later for getting straight A's in his GCSEs, despite having only a caravan toilet as his study room. So, I often feel quite bad that I got away and enjoyed my family's company and read the last Harry Potter book, knowing my home was safe when other people went through such an awful nightmare. Hearing your story brings my memories of that day to the surface. I remember wading along the Breeden Road where the current brook had broken its banks, up the slope to Mitten to check on my 80-year-old sister-in-law. She was OK. So I walked on up to the top of Mitten, 
From here is a good view of the River Avon Valley. It is now covered in flood water. All that was visible were the very tops of the hedges showing weird outlines of the fields now underwater. John, a local boat builder, was scanning the flood with his binoculars. When I inquired why, he replied, I'm looking for my father's boat. I built it for him. It broke its moorings. It made me realise the dreadful consequences of this flood. I returned down to town past the Black Bear pub to King John's Bridge, a stone bridge with three arches that crosses the Avon. I noticed members of the sailing club gathered on the bridge with a Land Rover and a winch. Curious, I had a look. The water level was up to the top of the arches. Under two of the arches were the remains of river cruiser boats, one under each arch, crushed, stuck, broken. The moving flood water had taken on a different menacing quality, one like a solid moving mass. It was a shocking, dramatic scene. Everybody's experience of the flood is unique to them, a bit like Covid. My daughters were both at primary school then. There had been these weird occasions during the build-up of deluges of rain and I remember walking to the school with my mother-in-law and we got drenched. She got so wet I had to lend her my clothes. That morning I'd taken my husband to the train station to get the train to Bath for work. He normally cycled but the rain was already incredible then. Tewkesbury traditionally floods in certain key areas so you don't always panic when you see floods. When fields disappear but it just carried on and on and on. And it was getting very bizarre because it wasn't the usual places that were flooding. I remember ringing my husband, saying, we've got to come home. It was obvious it was getting very serious. Richard was then trapped. He'd got from Bath to Bristol, but couldn't go any further. Back then, British Rail paid to put you up in a hotel. I doubt that would happen now. So he was stuck in Bristol and we weren't a whole family. It was just me and the girls, who were eight and ten at the time. Throughout the whole night, there was this sound of these Chinook helicopters. It was a really distinctive noise. Chuk, 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 chuk. I got the girls to sleep in bed with me. I just didn't know what was going on. It was all very bizarre and very frightening. Our road is Brookside because the current brook flows behind the house, and it's normally a narrow brook. But the floodplain had completely gone under, and the flooding was vast. We're at the bottom of a hill, so during the day, water was cascading down from the above roads. It was surreal. It was coming off the top road and just going down all the roads to Brookside. There are a few houses lower than us, and we noticed the floodwaters were going to go into our neighbour's house. So we improvised flood bags and bin bags and sand from the extension we were having built. We prevented the floodwaters from going into her house. The water accumulated in this vast lake in the road and we still had idiot drivers going through who were creating bow waves that could have easily flooded our homes. I remember looking at the water and it was this disgusting brown colour and it was full of worms and by this time sewerage, tampons and other horrible things. They denied it was sewerage but it very much was. How did your husband get home? Oh, he eventually got back by walking most of the way from Gloucester along the main roads. There were abandoned cars everywhere, stuck in the flood water. It's important for families to be together in a time like that. There was supposed to be a water festival in Tewkesbury that weekend, but of course it was cancelled. 
But do you remember somebody put a fin in the floods? It was really quite funny. A water festival with a shark fin swimming around. <laughs> I remember my big achievement was managing to wade to Morrison's with my dog. The water was over my wellies. The main road in Twinning was a raging torrent. And there was a Jaguar car parked in the garage near the White Bear and the flood water was up over its roof. It was a way of gauging the water's depth, though. The waterworks was underwater, so we didn't have a clean water supply and ended up with all this plastic bottled water. You used to get deliveries of crates of bottled water. It was very strange. I remember brushing my teeth and realising how precious water is. You just go to turn on the tap, but you couldn't. We had no water. I joined Water Aid as a consequence because of the privilege of turning a tap on. The media was so hyped because the devastation was selling papers and they were waiting for the Gloucester Power Station to go under. It felt like they wanted it to happen, but luckily it didn't. I spoke to my daughter who was in Canada on a sports tour with Tewksbury School and she'd even seen the flood on the news there. We were world news. There was so much misunderstanding and miscommunication caused by the media. Then after all the publicity, we had an influx of flood tourists. Waves of them came. People still do. A morbid fascination of the flood markers and visiting the areas previously seen deep underwater. I remember the next day was beautiful weather, a clear blue sky. It was ironic, really. All this devastation and then suddenly a clear blue sky and no rain. Oh, but the water stayed. And then there was this really bizarre smell, dare I say it, dead creatures that had lived in the soil, all the worms rotting. We've been flooded on many occasions. I have a vivid memory of one Christmas trying to deliver the turkey to my daughter in Twinning, and my son-in-law had to bring wellies out to the car so I could wade into the house through the deep water. You needed a canoe to cross the road that day. Often, after the floods, you get all these marsh buttercups. They turn the brown silt and mud into this golden yellow. When the water's all gone, it's hard to imagine. But some will never forget. And some live in dread of the next flood. I'm sewing in the water. We need it. Can't live without it. It's precious. Water can be beautiful. I love walking along the river. It has moments of calm and beauty and then ferocious places where it's flowing at speed, crashing over rocks. I love the diversity. It speaks to me. There are herons at the nature reserve and otters too. It's become an important area of water storage and the natural world is taking it back. Water can be fun. I remember going to the Cascade swimming pool I'd go there just to get on that slide. It was a massive indoor pool and it had this amazing rock formation in the middle with a waterfall. Oh, it was the best. When I was told it was going, it broke my heart. As a child, I remember going up and down streams and damming them, spending hours in the water. When I was a child, I would stay here in the summer holidays. I loved it. Me and my cousin swinging in the trees by the side of the river. It began my love of the river. My uncle had a boat and we would take it up the river. It was a bit like being in Swallows and Amazons. 
I have a photo of me and my panda sitting on the boat. No life jackets, no health and safety then. One of my fondest memories of the summer holidays was going on the ferry from Twinning to Tewkesbury. I love that ferry. One time when the Tewkesbury pub singers were at the medieval fair, we were singing as we paraded through town, ready to sing in the battle. Well, we saw a medieval knight in full chain mail on the ferry at Lower Lode. I can remember thinking, I hope nothing untoward happens, for it wouldn't end well for him. I used to live on the water. You did? Yes, on a canal boat for, for about six months. It was great. It was a while ago now. It was the river and the countryside that drew us to this area and the beauty of it. As a family, we love going on the river. We've bought a boat. Oh, I love swimming in the river, wild swimming. I don't have any swimming companions, so I've sewn three river maids, the Severn, the Avon and the Wye, full of myths and legends, hence the river maids. I wanted to be a mermaid when I was little. I would practice holding my breath underwater, dreaming of being one. I even made a special box when I was at school and covered it with mermaid images. I was so proud of that box and treasured it. I still have it now. There are some lovely pubs by the rivers. I like sitting by the water, just watching it, listening to its murmurs. There's something ancient, primeval even, in water, rivers. People have sat by water over the centuries, listening to its same secrets, enjoying the same beauty, the same simple pleasure. I've been spending a lot of time down by the River Severn counting twait shad. Doing what? Counting twait shad. They're a fish. There used to be hundreds and thousands of them swimming up the Severn to spawn, but the Victorians built weirs along the river and this formed a barrier to the fish and they could no longer reach their ancient spawning grounds. The number of twait shad crashed in this area as a result. A conservation project was created to unlock the river for wildlife and they built passes, which are structures that enable the fish to get around the weirs. On the upper load weir, they have attached two white boards which make it easier for volunteers to see the fish as they swim up the notch. It takes me about 12 minutes to walk from the footbridge to this weir and this is where I count them. To be part of the team monitoring the numbers of twait shad that are once again swimming up the river to their spawning grounds. I love that story. You must sew a fish into the tapestry. I'm sewing an ark. An ark? Yes, an ark, because I think in 50 years, if we carry on the way we are, we will all be underwater here. Just the Malvern Hills will remain. They'll be happy twait shad then. They'll have to become river people and live on the water. In a thousand years, I can see us living in houses on stilts. We will have portholes for windows and we will learn to harvest food from the river. All the houses they are building will be at the bottom of the water, completely submerged. The new KFC, the new McDonald's, all at the bottom of the river for divers to explore remnants of our glorious past. Yeah. Mm.
It's happening now. With all the houses going up and urban development, the water is not able to drain away. It has nowhere to go. With climate change, I predict unprecedented rainfall and therefore higher floods. And with the world warming and the ice melting, the floods will rise. Only the top of the Abbey's tower will be visible then, I think. Oh, it saddens me to think where we are heading. This is a beautiful town with so much potential, but with the continued growth and disregard for the environment, I envisage the river slowly turning toxic with floating dead fish and these polluted waters will rise. I'm embroidering lots of trees into the tapestry to soak up the water and stabilise the ground. Yes, we need to be hopeful for the future and we can sew this into the design. I will sew a solar steam system where we can divert the water to heat all of Tewkesbury. And I will sew a beaver. It naturally knows how to build dams in the right places which hold back and filter the river water. My hope for the future is that, that we will once again have clean rivers for the fish, for the wildlife and for us to enjoy. To harvest water, I have sown water butts. I hope we begin to reuse grey water. Yes, like using shower water for the garden when the soil is dry. I will sow raised flower beds that can be watered by drain pipes and wild flower meadows for the bees and all the creatures whose habitat we've destroyed. And I'm going to add digital taps. That will help conserve the water supply. I would like to sow in a message too that water is precious and only destructive through our own design. It's our responsibility to save water, to keep it clean, to harness its power and uses. If enough people come together, we can make a big change. For ourselves and the wildlife. And for the next generation. So, this is who we are. The River Maids. Women of Tewkesbury. Campaigners for the natural world. Survivors of the flood. Children of yesterday. Singers of today. Formers of tomorrow. Visionaries of the future. We come together. To listen. And to be heard. To share our water stories. Then stitch them into our community tapestry. Tewkesbury Water Stories. The River Maids. Written by Ingrid Jones. Read by Julie Field. Hilary Bowman, Jan Millett, Carrie Sermon, Helen Carver, and Ingrid Jones. And sound design by Yellow Shark Studios. <laughs> <laughs>